Okay, welcome everybody. Welcome to the Future of Curriculum podcast. This is the Thought Leaders series, and I'm so excited today to be talking to Dr. Maria Vasquez. She is the Chief Academic Officer of Orange County Public Schools in Florida, and excited to get her thoughts on curriculum and the future of curriculum and also some of the, the challenges, the, what are the roadblocks to get to that future. Um, as a reminder, my name's Eric Westendorf. I'm a co-founder and CEO at LearnZillion, former principal, former middle school teacher. And yeah, Dr. Vasquez, very excited to have you here on the show today. Well, thank you. I'm very excited to be part of this as well. Super. Well, maybe, Dr. Vasquez, you can start us off by just giving us a little bit about your background and how you came to be Chief Academic Officer in Orange County. Well, I began my educational career um, as a classroom teacher. I taught elementary and later went on to teach uh, middle school. From there, I became um, a district resource teacher in the area of uh, English and language arts. And at that time, really became interested in uh, more of a leadership role. And so um, for a few years, uh, I worked on my master's and then became an assistant principal and then a principal. From there, I uh, was able to take on uh, a leadership role in our learning communities. Orange County is a uh, large district. It's the 10th largest district in the country. And so we're divided up into learning communities to better support um, our schools. And each learning community is um, led by an area superintendent and an executive area director. So I um, took on the role of an ex area, executive area director for three years. Then I was fortunate enough to come to the district office and lead the um, exceptional ed and the uh, multilingual department alongside with Dr. Anna Diaz. And then I spent six years as an area superintendent, principal supervisor, and now I am the chief academic officer. So that's wow. the long road to yeah. where I am. Wow, I appreciate you giving sort of a summary that really speaks to all of the different hats you've worn and perspectives as a result that, that uh, you must have sort of in each of these different roles and, and also do, doing that sort of in, a, in, in such a quick summary form. So um, great. I mean, I think that's really helpful context as we dive into uh, the future of curriculum to sort of see how you've engaged with curriculum on all these different levels over the years. Great. Okay, let's talk about uh, what I'll call the lay of the lands. Uh, how in Orange County does curriculum fit into your into your district strategy? What what role does curriculum play right now? How do you how do you think about that? Well, curriculum is the key to ensuring our students meet with success. It provides consistency in the instruction. In Florida, we have uh, the Florida standards, which are a revision of the common core standards. And being as large as we are, we need to ensure that there is consistency in, in what is taught in every classroom. 
that provides equity for our students who are coming to us with a wide range of experiences and varying levels of readiness. Uh, we have just over 209,000 students. We are a very diverse community. We have students that speak over 200 languages. Uh, we educate students that um, are very affluent, and we also educate students that are homeless. Within that spectrum, we have children who are gifted and those that are experiencing um, difficulties in learning. So having a curriculum that is consistent and standards-based allows us to provide equity for all of our students. With the common understanding of what students need to learn at each grade level and in each content area, students could potentially encounter different expectations depending on the individual teacher's preconceptions and degree of expertise. So ensuring that the, our curriculum is at the cornerstone, cornerstone of what we do ensures that we are preparing our students to be um, successful and college and career ready when they leave our, our school system. Got it, got it. Well, that is super helpful. Uh, it's interesting, the focus, you know, especially with a large school district, I mean, the diversity that you'd speak to um, is such a challenge. And it sounds like curriculum plays this anchor role of, of really saying, okay, given students coming with all these various life experiences, how do we get equity? You know, how do we ensure that there's consistency so that all students are getting the quality and the support of instruction that, that, they, that they need. And curriculum's key to that happening, it sounds like. Uh, it is. It also helps to ensure that our principals are able to provide the needed support uh, to our teachers. We have, again, a, a diverse workforce. We also, as many uh, across the country, are experiencing a shortage in uh, teachers. So we have individuals coming to us where teaching was not their first career. And as part of our support to beginning teachers or experienced teachers, having that common curriculum that is standards-based allows our principals and other school leaders to provide the necessary guidance, support, and feedback to our teachers to ensure that our students are receiving a standards-based instruction. Got it. Yeah. It's, it's an anchor to them as well, because without that, boy, their job would become, so it's already an incredibly challenging job, but I can imagine why that is important for supporting those teachers. Agreed. So talk to us about how, um, how you manage your curriculum. Um, curious about what is, how does Orange County think about managing curriculum? Is it primarily about uh, textbooks? Do you use a learning management system? What is your approach? And obviously, this will sort of lay the foundation for where you think things are headed in the future when it comes to curriculum. Well, we um, have 
really taken on um, a different approach to the management of our curriculum. Um, our district has utilized an instructional management system for a number of years. And we took on the challenge of revamping uh, the curriculum guides and resources that our uh, teachers are using this past year based on feedback we were receiving from our um, teachers, our uh, principals, and our uh, principal supervisors. And as I mentioned, we, we have a very um, diverse, uh, diverse population of students. And with the uh, new standards, we really needed to look at how could we best provide a, a roadmap for our teachers and the resources to be able to meet the needs of all of the students they had in their classrooms. So this summer, we began writing what I will refer to as our CRMs, our curriculum resource materials. We took the scope and sequence that we had previously used and began to develop um, uh, lesson plans in certain areas based on um, the, the resources that we had personnel to be able to write the curriculum and the, the lesson. We were only able to attack uh, certain content areas. We focused on the um, courses that had um, state assessments, and we also focused on uh, 3 through 12 ELA and mathematics. And those resource, the, the curriculum that we provide, along with the daily uh, lesson plans, um, also have available for teachers a plethora of different resources. Some of them um, are digital, uh, some of them are teacher created, some of them are from the textbooks that have been uh, adopted uh, in our district, but they're all in one location on our um, IMS. So a teacher could choose to use the curriculum resource materials exactly as they are, or they can pick and choose parts of them, or they can um, help to contribute additional resources as they find them. We have a, a, a team that vets um, resources that teachers want to add to um, the lesson plans. And so it really has been, um, it was a, a huge challenge for us this summer. Uh, we have met with great positive feedback from our um, principals and from our teachers. So writing them, having um, them available for our, our teachers was the first piece of it through um, our IMS. Um, it includes a detailed scope and sequence, the curriculum resource materials, and the daily lesson plans in those uh, targeted courses. The students access instructional materials through our uh, launch pad, through ClassLink, 
which is a single sign-on portal with icons that uh, lead to a piece of software of electronic text for their courses. Um, our district also has a one-on-one -on -one initiative uh, where we have been slowly distributing devices to our students. All 20 of our high schools are one-to-one. -one. This year, we have half of our middle schools that are one-to-one. -one. Next year, we will bring on board the other half. And then in the following three years, we'll be bringing on over 100 elementary schools so that we will have all of our students with a device being able to access uh, curriculum and resources, resource materials electronically. Um, currently, um, the students can access the assignments and the lessons through the district's learning management system. And we, we currently are using Canvas. Got That's it. That's probably okay. a lot. That is a lot. A short period of time. I, I feel like also the timing of talking to you about this is perfect because it sounds like you're, you've just embarked on a very ambitious, exciting phase for your curriculum. And so let me just make sure I've got this right. And then in clarifying, you can um, sort of uh, say more about this. But it sounds like if I'm a teacher in Orange County, through this uh, work that you did this summer in particular, I could go on to the IM, uh, this, wait, the, the IM, IMS. IMS. Okay, I got that right. The Instructional Management System. And then I would see... Um, lessons there for me, I, different resources, and I'd even have an opportunity to say, hey, here's a resource that I think is high quality that could be added to this. And in essence, I've got some choice, but within a curated uh, set of high quality material that standards aligns, that then I can go ahead and use in my classroom. Is that is that sort of an accurate description of the sort of teacher experience and, and that sort of choice with guidance idea? Yes, it is. That's a great summary. Interesting. And then, okay, now let me see if I can connect the student part, because what I'm also hearing is that you've moved forward with this one-to-one um, -one initiative. And in fact, in the high schools, you've already got one-to-one, -one, and now it will be middle schools and elementary schools all having that too very in very short order. And there, the students can also, um, can also get online. Now, they're accessing resources too, and are they accessing some of the same resources that the teachers see? And, and I have a question sort of about what is sort of teacher-facing versus student-facing, or whether the material sort of is, is both at the same time. Yep. Some of the material the students have access to, and teachers can um, push it out to them. They do not have access to um, the actual CRMs, the curriculum resource um, documents that outline the scope and sequence. So yeah. the teachers actually through Canvas will push that out to them. And then through our um, Launchpad, they can access also some of the different um, resources. 
So the teachers have their lesson plans, their uh, resources, and some are, are, are pushed out to our students. Got it. I see. So the teachers have their, their own system that's for them, but then they use Canvas to sort of decide among the ones that make sense for students. And your the scope and sequence obviously is only for teachers, but for some of the lesson resources, they can then take those and put them into Canvas and then push them out so that the students can access them as appropriate. Correct. Awesome. Okay. Wow. That is is that is exciting. And it sounds like yeah, say more about the, the feedback. Sounds like you're getting already some very positive feedback in terms of the teacher experience. What, uh, what are teachers liking most about this? What are students liking most about this? Um, yeah, and I, I'm going to ask you about parents too. So what, well, I'm curious what, what parents think. <laughs> well, you know, the teachers are um, really excited about the the idea that it, everything is there. It's a one-stop shop. They're also very grateful for the number of resources that are available to them. So if they have children that are functioning um, below grade level, if they have students that are higher achieving, if they have students where English is not their first language, everything is there for them um, to be able to access to deliver a standards-based lesson. So they're not having to hunt around for different resources. It's all there in one place, and it's been vetted. So they know it's uh, aligned to our standards. As far as our um, students are concerned, you know, one of the greatest um, benefits to us with um, the digital tools is that no matter where where you lie, uh, you have access to that curriculum. And it's really helping us bridge the uh, technology gap with some of our families. Um, our children love the ability to use technology for learning, uh, research. Um, they They've got one device that has everything that they need. So I, I for, for the most part, they are um, really finding positive experiences. One of the pieces that I haven't talked about is professional development. Oh, great. And one, uh, a key component of our rollout, both of the one-to-one -one -one and of the curriculum resource materials, has been professional development. And if we just give the devices to the teachers, you, you run the risk of having, you know, what I would call um, a, a digital worksheet. It just becomes um, a, a, another um, resource that, does, that may not be able to engage our students if not used appropriately. And so the professional development with our one-to-one -one rollout, the teachers actually received the devices a year before the rollout. And that year is spent learning how to use the device, learning about the resources, learning how to integrate technology into your um, curriculum and into your delivery. And so 
we have seen uh, examples of phenomenal lessons where students are, are authentically engaged. And we have also seen um, you know, some lessons where we still need to work with the teacher on professional development. And that's where uh, we have individuals at each school that uh, have received training and continue to receive training on the technology, the resources, and how to use them in the delivery of instruction. As far as the curriculum resource materials, we also have um, provided and continue to provide professional development to teachers, both face-to-face -face and through our SML. So if teachers are not able to attend the training or attend an SML session, um, they can access it either you know, after the student day or when they get home. And we continue uh, to work with uh, school-based staff on ensuring professional development is aligned to the needs of both their students and the teachers that are teaching the curriculum. So I would have to say that that is um, a critical piece uh, to what we have done with the curriculum that we have and uh, with the digital rollout. Got it. Got it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because um, change management is such a critical part of sort of embracing some of these opportunities to use technology in creative ways. And it sounds like PD has been a big part of ensuring that it doesn't just turn into digital worksheets, that it's uh, helping uh, that teachers can see it as a tool for moving towards the sort of pedagogy um, that that you want consistently happening across the district. Uh, absolutely, and we feel so strongly about um, the role of professional development. We um, have given teachers um, paid days uh, during the summer, during the school year, where they that's what they do is they plan. So teachers can choose to come in on a Saturday, teachers can choose to work after school, or in some cases um, the principal might um, use a substitute and pull teachers during, during the day. But they actually have a chance to look at the curriculum resource materials, look at data from the students that they are currently teaching, and customize those lessons with those resources um, and they're not competing for time you know after school or um, uh, at home at night we believe that the professional development is is key and have invested heavily uh, in teacher planning days um, outside of those that are already scheduled into their um, school year yeah great and also, what I'm hearing is that this is not uh, just one-size-fits-all PD, that you're thoughtful about how do we have this professional development meet folks where they are physically, uh, on the weekends if that's easier, um, and in ways that allow them to do their planning so that it's embedded, it's job embedded as opposed to just you know more traditional um, lecture-based. Correct. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, let's talk about the future a little bit. Um, 
you have already charted a path that's quite innovative. Imagine now that uh, four or five years have passed. Um, so we're not talking 20 years, but we are talking, you know, a significant chunk into the future. And things have continued to go really well. Uh, you've continued on this path. It's worked, but now you've just had more time. Technology has evolved more. Talk to us about, you know, four or five years from now, what does it look like from the perspective of a district leader? And what does it look like from the perspective of a teacher? And, and what has evolved? Well, uh, I believe per, uh, personalized learning um, will um, be more personalized. We, uh, I think that's an area that um, we would like to be further ahead than we are currently. Uh, there are so many resources available, and I think that's one of the challenges we face and that other districts will face. Being able to really um, select, review, and um, purchase or, or use the best quality resources for um, your population. and. Uh, as we become more uh, more of a digital uh, educational system, I believe that's going to be one of um, one of our biggest issues is how you know how do we go about reviewing um, the um, the the different resources that are um, available to meet our needs? I think another um, issue that I, I hope we will um, be able uh, to do a better job with is that of um, the access. We currently um, partner with um, uh, uh, some providers, Sprint being one of them, to um, give our families who may not be able to um, afford uh, internet access with hotspots. Um, we also have worked with one of the local providers to um, look at low-cost um, fee for Internet access. Uh, so I would hope that in five years that will not be an issue, that regardless of where um, a child lives or where they are, they will be able to access technology and it, um, access will not be uh, an issue. Yeah, because currently it is. I mean, yep. outside of school, if they're not going to a local library, a Panera's, a Starbucks, um, they are um, at a disadvantage. They are still able, you know, um, to have um, the resources on their devices that they've downloaded, but to fully uh, take advantage of. Um, you know, communication and access to the other resources and opportunities that um, can be available um, is limited. Um, one of the other things I would like to see expand, which we are, we've just um, piloted this past year, uh, and I'm going to go back to professional development. So we have used some video conferencing um, to help us um, coach some of our uh, beginning uh, teachers. And so we actually set up a system between 
um, a teacher at one of our high schools who was actually um, the supervising teacher of a beginning teacher at another school. And um, they taught the same class. And so they were able to connect and the master teacher uh, could teach and the students from the other school are, are, are part of that uh, via the video conferencing. So now this beginning teacher is able to see the master teacher at work. His students are part of that class. Um, and it was a, a phenomenal um, project that we are looking um, to expand. Uh, the technology is, is not expensive. It allows us to help um, mentor some of our newer teachers and to provide um, appropriate um, feedback and modeling so our kids are getting um, the best education possible. So I'd like to be able to see that we can um, cross lines, so to speak, in schools to be able uh, to connect kids in a more authentic fashion than what we're doing now. Um, I think another area that I would like to see um, expand is that we would have more partnerships uh, with local um, businesses and entities um, to bring um, more of that authentic learning um, with to our students. We currently have um, partnerships that allow our kids to have internships, uh, work um, on different projects, but really um, to be able to tap into um, authentic learning through problem, uh, problem solving with some of our um, different entities, helping um, our students really have more career experiences, um, especially in the in the STEM field. I believe the technology is going to be able um, to help us do that. And then um, I, I, I think that we will be able to have uh, more opportunities for children to um, learn at their own pace and explore different areas. Um, as I alluded to earlier, um, personalized learning um, is something that we really feel will be um, very beneficial uh, in our community. Uh, we know that uh, some of the children have gaps, and um, those gaps sometimes are a barrier. But with technology, time um, is blurred, and so you, you're not just learning during the the school day, children um, can have access to different programs and resources that help build on the skill sets that they may not um, have fully um, acquired, uh, bridging that knowledge gap. And so my, my hope is that we will be able to see um, a school system that has um, personalized learning where our, our children are not held back by a grade level um, or by a school level, that you would have children in elementary school who really excel in uh, math and science, being able 
uh, to take advantage of more accelerated coursework and more accelerated projects um, and be able to engage more in um, community-based problem solving. Wow, that um, I like. Uh, there are a few things, uh, and and thank you for like painting this multifaceted vision of where things are headed. It's, it's exciting, and also you thoughtfully pointed out some of the already some of the challenges that are there. But I want to uh, touch on two things because one is this connection between personalization and community connections. It strikes me that there's a relationship there that you're pointing out. Where on the one hand, we often think of personalization inside of a classroom and how do we make sure that the right content is, is touching the student at the right moment in time. But you're also, in a way, having a more expanded vision where it's that, but also communities have resources. And with technology, I love this idea that um, you said learning is, I think you said uh, time is blurred. And, and as a result, learning can happen in the community in ways that may very well be more authentic and more personalized in terms of students getting to tap into their passions and work within the community to, to learn in, in very embedded ways. So I wanted to point that out and then also point something else out, which is it struck me as you were describing what, uh, what you're moving towards in terms of student learning, that it paralleled what you described earlier when it comes to teacher professional development, uh, moving away from a more constrained learning approach, which is traditional PD, you were describing something that was much more fluid, um, blurred time, as you said, blurred sort of where it happens, but and also was more job embedded, uh, was actually helping teachers do their work rather than just sort of passively take in new information. Um, in a way, what, what you're describing with students, I can't help thinking like, oh, wow, that's like what teachers are doing, but their own learning, you know, and, and the opportunity to blur time and space and, and have that be more authentic as a result. Is that, is that, are those fair connections to draw based on, based on some of the things you just talked about? Uh, yes, they, um, that, that is um, certainly um, what I was, um, trying to get to, you know, I, I think back to when I, um, you know, when I was in school and really um, the limits in uh, not only the resources, but the opportunities, you know, everything was very rigid and, um, you know, very time oriented uh, from when when you look at when kids are able to start school, you know, in in our district, as in many, there's a there's a cutoff. Okay, by September first, you have to be this old to be able to you know start kindergarten, and technology has totally revamped our way of living. And, and when you think back even two years ago, how much technology has changed. Unfortunately, education seems to always lag when it comes to innovation. You know, we, we still have in, in the majority of our school um, systems, you know, the traditional classroom, you know, we, we have multi-age in some cases, 
but for the most part, education has remained pretty much the same, even though technology has been able to um, not only influence but change the way of work in so many other um, businesses and professions. And what I would hope is that in our district, five years from now, we could say that um, technology revamped how school is done in Orange County. Yeah. Because that that really um, has such potential, especially when you're you're talking about you know these young individuals, um, the the capacity to learn, the capacity to problem solve. Uh, we we tend to limit because of resources and space and time, um, and you know. Simple things like, you know, um, flipped instruction, you know, where, you know, some um, some of our teachers have been doing that for a number of years, trying to uh, individualize more instruction during the day when they have them. Um, the, the use of, um, like, Khan Academy has also been something that um, has, you know, our parents love that. They, they can help their students, they, they learn alongside with them, and the technology has been able to bridge that gap. Um, I just think I, we just leave so much on the table because we, we, we see constraints, and, um, and, and I think that's a, a disservice to our students. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping we're able to, we're, we're, I'm hoping we're able to change that. Yeah. And well, and I got to say, it sounds like even in this last year, you're you're taking real, practical, big steps towards uh, what you're talking about. We are definitely trying. Yeah. Well, gosh, this half hour, and now even a little bit more than half hour, it's just flown by, and uh, it's been terrific talking to you, Dr. Vasquez, and getting your uh, insight. Well, getting your description of what's happening in Orange County, the exciting work you're doing with curriculum. Also, in that, some of the challenges you face um, and what your hopes are and, and what the possibilities are, which uh, are, you know, reason for a lot of hopefulness and optimism as well. Um, so thank you so much for joining today and thank you for the work that you're doing. Uh, it's been really great to get this little glimpse uh, into the powerful uh work that you're that you're embracing in Orange County. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Super. Super. Well, have a great day and thank you everyone who joined this podcast today. Uh, look for more episodes uh, coming soon with thought feeder, thought leaders like Dr. Vasquez on the on the future of curriculum. Take care and until then.